day number three. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, day number three. Welcome back, Venice Adventure. We're at a different location today, trying to find some crappies. I promise to anybody that actually listen to this, my my audio is not gonna suck as bad as it usually does, like tinginess and annoyingness. It's cause I'm in, well, I guess I need to start out with a correction. I need to take back something I said. I need to take back, sorry, I'm, I'm not good at multitasking. I'm trying to bait up my tungsten. And we'll talk about what we're fishing for today. Don't have no coffee, but I'm gonna get a sip of seltzer water. Oh yeah. And one more thing. A little grizzly for the old Memzai heem. Good to go. Alright. Different lake. Looking for crappies. Got a little tungsten. And a mousy. We're gonna see in an ultralight rod that I was using yesterday. We're gonna see what we find today. I got some marks already, so it might not be a bad day for fishing. I ran into my conservation officer friend again and uh, asked if I knew anything about the ice out here, and he said, Nope, first time out today, this year on this lake, but. She was out checking licenses again today. But, uh, yeah, again, back to I need to apologize. I need to make an apology about me talking shit yesterday about Eskimo. Because I'm set up again in the Eskimo pop-up shelter. And I'm kind of thinking I might have liked this thing more than I thought I did. I didn't really like it. Now I kind of like it because my... I don't have a snowmobile, and uh, it's kind of heavy to pull out my flip-over shelters They're on the ice, especially I want to travel around, so i kind of been digging it in the past three days. Sorry, guys. Gross, 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 gross. It's going to be on the podcast, too, because I don't know how to edit stuff. But, yeah, so I kind of take back every bad thing I said about Eskimo yesterday. Turn down my drag a little bit. Come on, Marky Mark. Yeah, we're in... In some water. Hold up. Just can't Thought we had somebody coming over to talk, but... I just got a bite. And I got it coming back up. So let's see if we can nail him this time. Come on, baby. Oh, no. Did I lose my mousey? Why did you turn around? Come back up. Oh, yeah, charge it. Charge it. A little jiggy, jig, 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 jig. Hit it. Hit it hard. Come on. Come on. You followed me all the way up this far. Bite it. I think it's perch. Come on. Alright, what are you doing? Just kidding. Let me check and make sure I still got bait. So yeah, I've been working on a few projects. 
And, uh, oh, I still got my mousey. He just weren't interested in buying on again. But he's still down there, so let's ship it back down. I've been working on, it seems like every time, pre-ice and after hunting season, I need something to freaking do. So I always end up customizing a sled or a bob house or something. So this year's project was I made a smitty sled, which is a, supposed to be a breakdown break sled that has skis on it. And of course, naturally, I'm trying to reinvent the wheel because it's a perfectly fine jet sled that put a piece of plywood on I made custom holes for rod holders and I made a five gallon bucket holder and I made I got some straps and shot my auger onto it so it's like a one-stop shop so I'm hoping that maybe this freaking fish will bite on come on you son of a bitch come on what you want you want a little jiggy jig you want me to run away from you what are you looking for here so yeah been working on that and uh, I was going to sticker bomb it, but the local post office, which I don't know how my local post office is such a shit show, but it is. They shut down until the 14th, so I don't think I'm going to get my stickers in, and I really want to use it. So where I'm going with this is my new sled I built. I think the Eskimo, I'm going to make it so I can strap the Eskimo on. You know, I'll just have all my gear in the sled. I got a seat built into it. And we'll just bring the Eskimo out. Set the Eskimo up over it. And I have all my gear. No jet sled outside. Be good to go. That's what I'm working on. But starting back up work on Monday. So that's always a good deal for everybody involved. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a solid five days of fishing. We might call this like the Ice or Die Tour. Or the Ice Tour. Or something way cooler than it actually is i just been fishing a lot and it's kind of cool catching a lot of fish because i got a lot of time on my hands to go do what i want to do which is fishing which i don't know if fishing would be a cool living because this is what i really enjoy to do and it's my my tranquility same with like bird hunting and deer hunting Everybody that hunts would like to know how to make money and do it. But I don't know if I'd have the same appreciation for it if I was getting paid to do it. It'd kind of be like a job. But I like my job, so it's not really like a job, which is cool. I think that's what everybody wants. But yeah, where I'm going with this, I don't know if it'd be the same. Come on. I don't know if it'd be the same for me out fishing if I was trying to make money off of it. It'd be kind of cool, but I doubt I'll ever get to try. So... We're out here, and I got a fish on the flasher. This don't seem like he charged me the first time, and now he doesn't really seem interested in what I got going on. So maybe I need to change up my jigs a little bit. But the horoscope of things here is we're gonna fish today, probably for a couple of uh, no, until I get hungry because I didn't bring no food with me. So that would suck. So whenever I get hungry, I'm going to decide to pack up, probably, and we'll go get some lunch and do whatever else. Probably finish up my sled build I got going on. And uh, I think tomorrow, Jasmine's going to meet me, my fiance. She's going to meet up. Well, I don't know. Not meet. She might meet up with me. I think she has to work in the morning. 
but we'll meet up, and she's probably a better fisherman than I am. She gets really into it for somebody that was definitely afraid of the ice three years ago. She's got some pretty good skills so far in her young fishing career. Well, that'd be cool. Let's see if I can get her to talk on the podcast as long as she doesn't find it too strange carrying on a conversation with me. I might not tell her and I might just record it. I might just be overly talkative. Usually when it's both of us, we don't really talk a lot. Which is what I'm struggling with today is I don't really have much to talk about because I haven't caught no freaking fish. I haven't caught a state record. Update from yesterday after I shut the podcast up. I didn't catch any more fish and I didn't catch any smelt went home had lunch grabbed my nephew again and we went out fishing on the same lake and uh, I caught a couple yellow perch jigging and no flags no tip ups going off but better than not catching fish I guess come on come on guy Oh, yeah, Dad. Oh, yeah. Come on. In search of the crappie. So, yeah, my demographic of fishing hasn't been too crazy. I I caught a lot of pickerel and a lot of yellow perch and a couple bass in my fishing career. But in the past, I always ice fished as a kid. Uh, my buddy, my buddy's dad, Jeff, showed me how to ice fish when I was like five years old, and I don't think he had any intentions in creating a horrible hobby for me where I spend all my money in it, but he did. Thanks, Jeff. And ever since then, I've always really liked ice fishing, and nobody else in my family ice fish, but I used to call my brother into coming out with me, and I'd teach him how to set up tip-ups and stuff if he drilled the holes I wasn't strong enough to use the hand auger that I got for Christmas. But we'd fish the same lake and the same pond. We only had two spots we'd go. So, of course, we'd catch all the same fish. It hasn't really been since maybe the past two years. I've been fishing around at different lakes and different ponds and traveling to go to different places and catch different species of fish. So, yeah, pretty limited. Like yesterday, white perch, that was a first. Um... Actually, I never caught a white perch in my life. I don't really get into summer fishing that much. I like I like trout fishing in the summertime because I grew up on a river right behind my house. So I really like river fishing, but never really lakes ever, ever, legitimately. It's so boring. But ice fishing is my, my main source of catching fish. So there's a lot of firsts going on lately because I've been trying different places. But I never caught a crappie. I got some hot tips from my buddy Hunter and my buddy Jacob. And uh, they gave me an idea of where to go on this particular lake to go try catching crappie. So, a little research on the interweb and a fish flash. We're going to see if we make it happen. Not overly confident because when I started out, I had marks. Now I got nothing. So, yeah, my demographic of fishing has been pretty low. I caught rainbow smelt last year at a pond that I never fished all by accident because I kept getting all these little fish, all these little marks chasing me and I kept downsizing my tungsten jigs and I'd feel the bite and I'd just keep reeling up. I'm like, hey, that's a rainbow smelt. Not bad. 
So I caught like eight of those last year. I was hoping to try my luck again yesterday out on a lake where there is smelt pretty plentifully and I couldn't, couldn't seem to get them to latch on good enough to get them up through the ice. But we got brown trout and a white perch so I was pretty pumped about that either way. Either way it was good. I had to do some stuff this morning. Ambition level to get cold was kind of low, but we're out here anyways. I gotta go check shiner traps when I get home. I got two set up, trying to catch some shiners, get free bait. I mean, ice fishing is kind of a cost-effective hobby once you have all the gear, as long as you stop going on Bass Pro and Cabela's and YouTube. You don't really need much gear other than a stick and some line and something to get through the ice, but the fish washer is awfully handy, I gotta say that. I've really been thinking that I want to shoot a snowshoe hare this year, but the problem is when it's winter time I kind of just want to ice fish, so I feel like it's something I don't know a lot about, and I know you, you hunt, most people hunt them with dogs, but it is possible to shoot snowshoe hares without dogs, which would probably be how I do it because I don't really feel like investing in another dog because I have a dog named Scout. She's a cool black lab mix, but... I always go through these phases where I feel like my dog needs a purpose to be around and she's not really good at antler hunting, she's not really good at bird hunting, she's not really good, I never tried duck hunting but she's not really good at that either. She likes to play fetch and she actually brings back the stick but she's a pretty good dog because she just kind of likes to walk with you and not run off and she comes back when you yell her name most of the time. So most people would be pretty happy with her dog being a good dog, but not me. She needs some sort of purpose to be in my life, and we don't find something for her to be worthwhile here shortly. She might have to go down the road. No, I'm just kidding. I've had Scout since she was a puppy. She's a good dog. First day I bought her, I went out ice fishing with her. My buddy Cody put her in his jacket, and we drove the four-wheel across the lake with Scout. She's never been right since. But yeah, she's a good dog. But yeah, again, back to the point of story. I really want to try shooting a snowshoe hare. My goal... Uh, my goal is to try to shoot every species of animal that you can hunt in New Hampshire before I die. So right now I got deer. Check. Partridge. Check. Woodcock. Check. Could have shot a quail this year. It was in a bad spot. Like, it wouldn't move off my neighbor's lawn. So, quail, not checked. Coyote, not checked. Uh, raccoon, I mean, oh, Jesus Christ, there's actually a lot of things you can hunt that I haven't shot yet. But yeah, oh, oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Got a little nibble. He's right on me. Come on, bite on. Come on, guy. Ah, oh. No. He's hanging out. He's hanging out. So, yeah. And I got a bear I need to shoot, too. I need to shoot a bear. Yes, I don't need to, but I enjoy hunting, so. I do got a good story about a coyote, but we might save that one for later. Which is nicknamed after this year the peanut butter coyote. 
We'll get into that at a later date when I run out of things to talk about ice fishing, but that's a good story. All my hunting stories are never normal stories. They always end up with some crazy circumstances happening. And somehow, ooh, we got a whole bunch of stuff down at the bottom. Somehow all my hunting stories that I do have are always like fairly entertaining to tell because they're just a wild shit show that somehow panned out in my favor. Come on, what is going on down there? I think we got perch, crappie maybe? That'd be cool. That's kind of what I'm trying to catch. Yeah, this hunting season was pretty phenomenal for me. And that's what got my goal. Like, I've shot quite a bit of things. Well, random stuff. But random times. By accident, generally. It was at the right place at the wrong time for them. And generally hunting with me, I need about 10 to 15 warm-up shots at any species of animal I'm hunting before I actually get one that connects because I just get too fired up and I can't concentrate. I'm like, ah, deer, shoot, 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 shoot. Unload, reload, missed every single shot, need a new box of ammo. Muzzle loading really helped me calm down my shooting abilities just because I'm not really that good of a shot when I'm rushing it. Muzzleloader ain't really the fastest reloading time in the world either, so yeah, I kind of watch out at how much I shoot when I'm out muzzleloading hunting, but come on, we got fish coming back up. Somebody bite. Little perch, don't care. Come on, why won't you just bite on? Nope, yep, charge. Just bite. Just bite. Just bite. Oh, yeah, dad, got one. Got one. What do we got? Feels like a little yellow perch. Is what I'm hoping. And I would be correct in my analysis of how dumb of a bite that was. That thing is about the same size as my tungsten jig. It's approximately the size of my hand, which isn't very big. No, my hand's pretty big, but the fish is not big at all. You couldn't even feed my dog it's that small. Alright, you can go back in the hole. Sorry, that was an aggressive release. You didn't deserve that. Well, first fish of the day on the board. Not a bus. It's always good. First fish of the day. Oh, yeah. Right back to the bottom. Let's go. Let's get the perch population schooled up. Come on, guys. Give me something to do before the fish I want to catch comes in. So I was thinking about more structured podcasts. And I'm thinking that is probably going to happen after my five-day ice fishing event takes off because... This is kind of like the flagship of the podcasting for me. So if I figure out I can talk for long, well, really, yesterday I think it was like 45 minutes, but when I think of stuff to talk about and I post it up, hopefully it's interesting to somebody or maybe some sort of entertainment value. Value. 
we'll do some more structured ones. I'm hoping to get some friends on and come out and talk with me about anything, really. Give me pretty open-ended conversation. But it's hard to, like, keep talking when it's just yourself. I gotta admit that. Usually, I like to think I can talk a lot, but when I'm talking out loud, I kind of just freaking annoy myself. My head's kind of hurting thinking about all the dumb shit I've said so far today. Oh. Kind of tired today, and I don't know why, because I'm kind of just ice fishing. I'm looking forward to Saturday, but this is kind of what I do on the weekends, so this is usually my relaxation, so don't know why I'm tired, that's not good, I might have to build up some endurance to fishing if I'm going to do this much of it. Oh, I can't take this no more, oh, no more, spit that out, done with that, done with that. Oh man, what a slow day so far, this is going to be freaking boring if I just catch that one little yellow perch. All right, all right, all right. Hopefully, one of my favorite things to do, even though I can't participate in it anymore, is the town I live in has a kids' fishing derby. And I've loved the kids' fishing derby ever since I was a kid for a lot of different reasons. It's a really great cause. A lot of great people are involved, like the local Lions Club. And uh, the, the fellow that taught me how to ice fish, Jeff, his cousin Mark, also was out there that day I learned to ice fish. And my best friend Chase, who's Jeff's son, Chase's grandfather, Harry, was out there as well the first day I learned to ice fish. Yeah, I still have a picture from the first day ice fishing. I caught two pickerel. It's up on my wall. But Mark passed away, unfortunately. And uh, the fishing derby is a memorial fishing derby for him. And Mark's father, Jim, another really great guy that I loved talking to when I was a kid. He's taught me a lot about sugaring. Uh, it's a memorial fishing derby for them. But as a kid, it was mostly... Uh, just a kid's fishing derby, but it's really cool. It's a memorial since, you know, Mark was one of the first memories I had out ice fishing with somebody. And Jeff's highly involved in it. Ooh, just can't Going back down. Coming back up. Jeff goes around. Gotcha. Gotcha. Jeff goes around and he a little yellow perch again. Jeff goes around. See how many times I can say that. Jeff goes around to all the local businesses and he gets fundraising and he gets prizes for kids and there's fishing prizes and it's just a great time. And that's as a kid, I really look forward to it because everybody gets a prize regardless if you get a trophy for catching a fish. Don't matter. Every kid's walking away with something, which I think is a good thing. Keeps kids going outside, etc. But, you know, when I was a kid... Even if I didn't win and I fished my butt off, at least I got to go pick out a prize, which as I get older, I don't think everybody deserves a prize, but that's a whole nother tangent. I think what they do is a great thing, and I'm not going to talk any crap about that. I think what they do is awesome, and I highly 
Got another one. Yeah. Little yellow perch. School's messing up right now. They're fired right up. Uh, every kid gets something. And when I was a kid, I looked forward to it because that was my time to get more ice fishing stuff. And I always would get something that had to do with ice fishing. That's how I ended up with a fleet of tip-ups and some jig rods and bait buckets. You know, it's just great. I love it. Now that I'm older and I can't participate in it, I enjoy bringing out my nephew, and I brought out my little cousin, too, and I try to get kids to go out with me. I try to bring out or get contact with parents with kids that might be interested in fishing, learning how to ice fish, and I like to bring them out to the Kids Fishing Derby as doing my part of keeping kids interested in being outside. Because I know when I was a kid, that's what I looked forward to after getting out of school was I get to go fishing on the weekends. And uh, where I'm going with this is I talked to Harry, Chase's grandfather, about if the kids fishing derby with all the COVID stuff going on, he's finding out. And I volunteered my services to help move stuff and get stuff up to the lake just because a lot of the, gotcha, another little yellow perch, a lot of the guys that help out are part of the Lions Club and they're all fairly, fairly older fellas and you know, and they can't move around as good as they once did. So I, as a young person, and I'm really into fishing, and I'm really into getting kids into fishing. What the heck is that? Oh, it's just repunching. I, I like to volunteer as much as I can to, you know, help support the cause. So I haven't heard much back about that, but that's something I look forward to every winter. And it's pretty impressive to see some of the fish that the kids pull out of that lake. And, uh... Yeah, so I'm hoping it goes on. It'd be good for everybody to get out ice fishing. It's good for me because all my friends, they all come out and they all freaking bring little kids out. And it's like the new, gotcha. Ooh, a little bit better one. The school's fired up down there. Just slamming these little yellow perch. A little bit better one. You're about five inches. That's better. Decent. All my buddies that we used to all compete against each other out there fishing, they mostly bring out family members or little guys with them and it's kind of cool to see the evolution of you know we were participating in it now we're bringing kids out because it's something we love to do and that gets me a little fired up and nostalgic about stuff so and i get to go do it even if i don't get to compete because i know i could school some of those little five-year-olds i know a little bit more nowadays i want to say uh, i can definitely show those kids what's up i think but my nephew did really good last year. He got second place perch, which was cool. And uh, he really likes it. That's kind of our thing we do. Come on, hit me. That one just swam up hard. Got Ah, oh, don't gotcha. Don't gotcha. Ooh, a little too fast on the reel up on that one. I had just a little bite, and I freaking jumped the gun on that one. We got round two. Just kidding. Going up. Going down. If you're wondering why I keep hearing drag, I don't usually like open up my veil, so I just pull out drag, pull out line, make sure my drag's all properly set up. Oh yeah, these perch are fired up now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh yeah. No. Don't yeah, thank you for not getting wrapped in the transducer. Now not what I was hoping for. I kind of hate catching yellow perch, but I guess it's better than sitting here. 
so yeah, I'm hoping the Case Fishing Derby takes off this year. That'd be a great podcast. That would be a phenomenal podcast, actually. I would love doing that. I'd go around and I'd talk to everybody. Get a whole bunch of people on here. I'd especially talk to Jeff. And I'd talk to the Lions Club members, especially Harry. And, you know, maybe somebody that's never heard of this Kids Fishing Derby would maybe hear me talk about it. Maybe they'd come out with their kids. And the best part of that whole fishing derby is absolutely free. There's no entry fees. There's nothing. There's french fries and food and, you know, prizes. It's just like, it's it's meant for the kids. It's a great, I just can't, gotcha. I, I, I like, I can't say enough good things about it. I love that fishing derby. And, you know, even the parents that used to bring us out still go out. Even if it's just to walk around the ice. It's just like, it's a great time. Gets the local people together. But I'll have to talk about that about that. That's my positive thought of the day, hoping that the fishing derby goes off. But yeah, I got this little yellow perch. These little yellow perch on the bottom are pretty fired up. They're charging. I usually get down. We're in 17.3 feet of water according to my Garmin flasher. And uh I'm getting down to about 14 feet. I can see them hammering off the bottom and they're charging me and they're giving me pretty good little, well, not pretty good bites. Good enough where I can set the hook and reel them up, have a little bit of fun with them at least. Not a bad way to spend a week, you know. I love ice fishing so much. It just, I rag on kids playing video games. I don't really like seeing kids playing video games. Every kid plays video games at some point generally in their life, which I get, you know, it's entertainment, something to do, but I just, it bothers me. But here's where my own hypocrisy comes in here. Now, if you're gonna be a hypocrite, you at least need to admit it. So here comes my hypocritical thinking of the day, is I go out of my way to talk smack about kids playing video games. Now, on the flip side of things, I am sitting inside a shelter with a heater, staring at a fish flasher for hours on end, trying to catch, gotcha, catch fish. So, if you look at it that way, it's kind of the same thing, just different. I had to walk across the pond, or lake, or reservoir, or whatever I am fishing, set up some sort of shelter, get the heat going, and turn on my my live action video game. So I guess it's kind of the same thing, just different. But I like to think of this as a little bit better than playing video games, because at least I have to go somewhere in the day, and it's kind of a positive outlet for me. I don't want to hurt people when I get enough fishing under my belt. Um... So yeah, that's my hip, hypocritical thought of the day, is I don't like kids playing video games, but I'm okay with them playing with fish flashers. No to video games, yes to flashers. That's my political movement. Come on. Come on, baby. Oh, boy. I was just thinking my legs are getting awfully hot. I didn't realize I was resting it right on the heater. Update on my brittle bones. Nope, still colder than a bastard out today. I always have these great thoughts of 
man, it'd be nice to leave the shelters at home and just go drill a whole bunch of holes on the ice and jig around and just keep chasing the schools. Son of a bitch, when it hits January, it's pretty freaking cold out. I really don't even want to leave the front door. So that sounds like a great idea when it's July and I'm thinking about it. But once it hits December, the realization of me wanting to drill a lot of holes and chase a fish, go out the goddamn window, I'm going to drill one hole, see if I got any activity. I'm going to set up the shelter and get the heater rolling because I ain't doing that. Not a freaking chance. That's why I have a hard time deer hunting because I'm either... My tactic of deer hunting has changed a lot over the years. My older brother is a grizzly bear. And he can just sit on the same log at the same spot for hours on end, for years on end, and not see a freaking morsel walk by him. And he's okay with it. Not me. Not me. Because I get cold and I don't, I get extremely bored. So, my tactic, which lately has been working for me, is to wander aimlessly through the woods until I hit or jump or po find a little pocket of deer or to a place I think might have deer and try to jump them up or see them before they run. That's been my tactic lately and it seems to be working because I'm not patient and I don't like sitting in long at one one place for a long period of time. There we go. Oh, gotcha. Thank you. Sorry, that's why I started stumbling on my words because I saw a fish coming up. And number, I don't know what you are. You're all about the same size, freaking small. Let them go, let them grow. They're going to need a lot of growing to do anything in their lives, small little prick. So yeah, I don't like, well, my tactic seems to be working for me. Which I guess is cool, because I just kind of like to walk. And if I do sit, and I'm hunting... Most people like to say that they've picked out the best, most prime habitat for deer. Now, I can assure you, I do not do either of those things. I do not pick out prime habitat, the best location for a deer. I generally pick out a spot that I think looks interesting for me to sit because I like looking at the piece of woods. And the second thing I use to pick out my hunting locations is convenience of walking into and the third thing I use is can I find a good stump to sit on so if I can't find a good stump to sit on I think the woods are boring to look at I generally keep going so yeah no prime location goes right out the window with me it could be in my backyard sitting on a stump but oh you know I got just as good a chance of seeing a deer here as I do two and a half hours away up in northern New Hampshire I guess it's kind of a 50-50 here so yeah there's my hunting hunting idea right there is you don't need prime location you don't need the best habitat you just need a comfortable stump and a good place that you don't mind sitting at and looking at the same piece of woods for a lot of hours kind of like ice fishing you don't need prime location to catch fish you just need a decent spot to walk into and set up your shelter and get it going but yeah, why I struggle with deer hunting and sin so much, I get freaking cold, man. And I don't like hanging out and being cold. It kind of is miserable. My older brother, he's a tough son of a bitch. You could beat him with a hickory stick and he'd still be smiling. I don't know because he just doesn't want to go home or what his deal is, but he just can sit out in the same spot for years. And I would really think a ground blind would be a good idea for me and I could bring out my propane heater because then I'd have no problem hanging out for the whole day. But until I get that squared away, 
I'm probably just going to keep walking around the woods aimlessly because it seems to be working for me. I had to, uh, well, after talking about Haddock yesterday, I remembered that I had Haddock that I had caught with my two brothers out deep sea fishing in April, which that was a son of a bitch. That was cold. That was real cold. That brutal. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. I got so sick. But yeah, I had some Haddock. I really wanted some Haddock. And it came to me that I might have been peer pressured a little bit. Now, it doesn't take me a lot of convincing to do something dumb. If it sounds interesting and fun, I'm probably into it. So, if you got a dumb idea that you're not willing to pursue and somehow you can kind of get it into my head that it might be a good idea and it might be fun, I'm probably going to do it just because I don't think about it that much. I'll just do it. So I shot a doe this year, and my older brother is like, why don't you get a taxidermy, get a doe mounted? And I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea, it's a trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been sitting in the freezer on top of the pile of venison and haddock in the freezer. And then, like, it came to my humble opinion that it's a freaking doe, and I really don't want to pay money to get a doe mounted. I'm still working on shooting something with antlers, but I've been doing pretty good on the, the any deer days. The antlerless deer or any deer days that they have seems like every year lately. And I'm doing pretty good. So I'm trying to shoot something next year with some antlers. But I'm also not too proud to shoot something without antlers if the law permits. So yeah, I'm not getting it mounted. So I took the cape out with the head attached. And I had to move it out. The reason why I had to move it out is I had to get to the haddock. And then I put it back in. And I remembered I had a fish. I had to put it in the freezer. There's not enough room in the freezer with the pheasant I need to get mounted. And the freaking fish I need to get mounted and then my doe I don't need to get mounted so the doe came out I'm gonna cut the cape off of it you know I'm gonna ship it out to Minnesota I'm gonna get some deer hide gloves made I think it's 46 bucks the website said you gotta ship it to them with salt on the the hide and it takes like a year and they tan it for you and they make you some gloves and I thought that was pretty cool since a lot of people just throw the the hide down in the woods and last time I shot a deer I shot another doe and I actually tanned the hide myself, which that was a cool endeavor. Now I know how to do it. Do what I do it again. Maybe, depending if it was another animal. I have it hung up in the house, in the man cave. I didn't want to do that again. So I think we're going to ship out the cape or get some gloves made because that's kind of a cool idea. And then maybe if I'm bored, I'll get a year. I'll do a European mount on the dome and put it up on the wall. At least it doesn't feel like I'm wasting part of the animal. And it will go cool in my time in Montana for my vacation a couple of years ago I went out searching for antlers and I actually got real lucky and I saw something that caught my eye like I say a couple hundred yards away but it's probably a lot longer than that but something caught my eye and I kept walking and I used my binoculars something didn't look right about this little brown spot and it was actually a, a spiked bull elk that got killed in the winter time or died whatever got killed or died and I found it and the antlers we're in velvet still, kind of. Actually, does that mean... I don't know. But, yeah. Huh. Never really thought about that. Anyways, it was a young spike bull. It had furry antlers on the bottom. And, uh... No, I never really thought about that. Was it in velvet? I not, yeah, it must have been. Anyways. Anyways, uh, I had bone 
And we're not going to get down this rabbit hole. I don't know what I'm talking about. Out of my realm of expertise. But anyways, I found an elk skull that I was able to identify as an elk with two spikes sticking out of it. So therefore, it's a spiked elk bull. That's what I'm going with. I don't know nothing else about that subject. But it had the friggin' ivories in the mouth still. Super cool. Still had half the fur on one side of the face. It had been... The face that was grass side down still had the fur intact. And the, fa the part of the face that was sun up was able to face the sun. The, it was all the fur and everything. It was down to bone. So I did some scraping and cleaning when I was out in Montana. And I raveled it up in some trash bags and hid it in the Jeep and headed home with it. And I did a, I cleaned it up and bleached the skull and did a European mount. And I built a little plaque for it. And it's up on my wall now. But I feel like that would be a cool addition to have a doe. European mount next to it and I think that's what I'm gonna do be a good little project little side project after I finish my sled I kind of sometimes get too many projects going and I kind of am a little ADHD so I kind of have a lot of dumb stuff going on at once that I try to accomplish all in one day and I end up sucking at every single thing I do but that's okay live and learn live and learn so yeah I'm thinking the the, the five-day Ice or Die Tour on I Ice or Die on Ice Tour is what I should call it. Is gonna be a little unstructured, me ranting on, talking about random shit that pops in my head. And I think I'm gonna recalibrate what I wanna do with the podcast and stuff and maybe do like once a week on a Wednesday, have a topic to talk about, or maybe I'll just get on and We'll friggin' something, talk about something, get some buddies on. I like talking hunting politics. I'm a very big advocate for Meat Eater Podcast. That's where I get a lot of knowledge from because I didn't know half the stuff until I started. Like, oh boy! Come on. Oh, what just happened? That's right underneath me. Oh, I just got charged by like a school of friggin' fish and it ran underneath me because my flash is on auto mode, so it registered the bottom at 13 feet. I was like, what's going on? Something just came up and charged me. Come on, you want to come back for more, honey? I got a, I think I got a little, but I don't know. I was pretty focused on watching the flasher and then a freak out. Come on. Come on. You like those fast jigs? Is that what you wanted to see? See, so yeah, hopefully it'll be a little more structure. We'll do some hunting politics. I like to get my buddy Cody involved in hunting politics because he usually has a really good outlook and a really good opinion on things. And uh, I like talking to his little brother too about hunting politics. And it's only a real fun time if we're talking hunting politics and moral and ethics of hunting. When we have Cody, Caleb, myself, and of course my buddy Chase. Because Chase don't care about any of it. And he's just like, can you guys shut the hell up? And like, are we even looking for birds anymore? The reason why this happened up in Pittsburgh, first bird camp we did together... I got going on the ethics and morals and values of deer hunting and if it's right or wrong to do this and why is there a law about that and we I got a good two-hour conversation going of like way out of our education level talk like we sounded like we were going to a conservation meeting and we were running the show like way out of anybody that knows us knows we're not this smart. And uh, I was glad we had Chase around to make sure he kept us in check, telling us that we're all a bunch of retards that are just really opinionated about stuff. So that was good. Thank you, Chase, for keeping us in line on that one. But I love Chase. Is just like, 
He didn't say anything for two hours. And I look back and his head's against the window of the truck. Like, what are you doing? He's like, looking for birds. And I don't think anybody else has been looking for birds for the past two hours. And I was like, ah. Yeah, he might be right on that assumption. I haven't really been looking. I've been kind of just talking shit to my buddies about what they think's right or wrong. And I also like to play devil's advocate. Even if I agree with them, I like to flip it around on them and see what they think about that. But So yeah, I'm hoping we can get Cody on. We'll get Caleb on. We'll do a good old round table. Maybe we'll get some older fellas on. I'm sure we'll talk to Jeffrey at some point. Somehow I usually run into Jeff at the Jake's Market in Delhi in Enfield. So... Usually that conversation is about an hour and a half, and I just really need a freaking something to eat so I don't die, and Jeff generally has something very cool to tell me, and I really love my conversations with Jeff, so we might have to actually coordinate, coordinate something at the Jake's Market in Delhi, and we'll have a good old round table, because generally I love talking to Jeff, Jeff I think likes talking to me. And we get talking for an hour and a half. About the time I collapse on the ground because my body shut down because I'm so freaking hungry at that point. And about the time Jeff tells me he's got to go somewhere and now he's late. But it's okay. It's okay. I love talking with him because I never know what he's about to tell me. And Jeff's a heck of a hunter. He's always got great stories. It, it, we do get Jeff on. It's not going to be the fastest paced story in the world. But that's okay. Because if you stay with the story, it's usually got a really funny ending. In my, my opinion of most Jeff stories, they usually are really very detailed and they usually have a great ending to them. I appreciate his, his storytelling abilities. Maybe Jeff should have a podcast. Yeah. Jeff's been everything. He's been a pro golfer, pro fisherman, pro hunter, pro sugarer, pro chicken egg farmer, pro gardener. Pro Jeeper, Pro Antler Hunter, Pro Moose Watcher, Pro Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeff's a hell of a guy, actually. Yeah, we're going to get him on here. He'd be a good guy to talk to. He's got some good <laughs> good stories. He's got a really cool Tiger medallion he likes to wear once in a while when he's reliving his college days. So we're going to get him on here for sure. That's happening. So that's the game plan. Maybe we'll get Jasmine out tomorrow. We'll get her talking a little bit about her first times out ice fishing with me. And she can talk about how she's deathly afraid of the ice and how she got over the fear of the ice. And the ice is actually pretty fun to be out on fishing. But until then, I think I'm going to sign out and maybe I'm going to get adventurous and move the Bob house. And see if I can catch some freaking fish. But these little yellow perch kept me entertained for a while. Until then, Vector's out.